Hello all, this is Blonde-Haired Girl. So, I, I wanted to talk in this podcast a little bit about some of the things, the information that has been coming to me uh, over the last, I don't know, little bit here. Um, that sort of all kind of comes together. <laughs> Or maybe it doesn't. <laughs> In my opinion, it comes together. Um, so, I got a lot of weird stuff going on, my friends. <laughs> Just so much weirdness. Um, but it all kind of does sort of come together in this weird way. So... So the the um and it's all sort of based on this binary way of being um this this binary this this like black and white yes no good bad type of of paradigm that has been sort of laid out for us. And and what I want to propose is is that we're we are actually all being played in this. So yesterday I was I was at the gym and I'm I'm on the treadmill and I'm thinking about I was thinking about um Target. I was thinking about Walmart and Target and those of you who have been following my material, uh some of you may not, so I will just catch you up. That I well my favorite guy, David Hawkins, um MD PhD, he used to like really like Walmart, but it was back in the days before Mr. Wally had passed away or whoever was the owner. He, he, and apparently he was a really, like, really great guy. And he, um, and he really took care of his employees and it was just kind of a win-win for everyone. And, um, but the conscious level of a business can change and apparently his children took over and then Walmart just turned into this um anyway i'm digressing as i do so let me go back um but anyway and my i really don't like Walmart um there's so many things that i don't like about it's like um there's something about the way that the 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 way it feels in there I don't know, it's very warehousey and the aisles are really stacked quite high and I don't know, there's just something about it that doesn't I just don't like. And um and they did this uh there were some things that he did that they did in the last like they started to see that were just kind of like really strange. Um, I started to notice, um, 
like one of the things was they um they started to refuse to they didn't want cosmopolitan magazine in their in their aisle they were i think they would still have it in their magazine section but they were no longer going to put um cosmopolitan magazine uh, in the aisle because it was too distracting and that was really supremely upsetting to me personally not that I'm a huge cosmopolitan fan although I will tell you that after they did this I did get a subscription to cosmopolitan magazine and I receive it every month um, I don't always necessarily read through it <laughs> it's not really exactly my thing but the reason why it upset me was because it was very much women's about women's sexuality. And I felt like it was more about women's sexuality that they took it out of the aisle than it had anything to do with anything else. Because I can tell you what's distracting to a person like me are, you know, these ridiculous things about the just blatant lies about people as you walk through the aisle um like a national Enquirer type magazine but anyway so I, I you know I've been very vocal about this the fact that I really really like to shop at Target I prefer Target if I'm gonna go buy um Chinese goods <laughs> and I'm sorry but if you look at the label a whole lot of stuff in these stores are equally between places from China. But I really liked, you know, I sort of liked the slant, you know, they, some women call Target Target. It's sort of like your, your, um, sort of a little bit more like your, um, your Neiman Marcus. It's not that hoity toity, but your Neiman Marcus rather than your, um, I guess you could say maybe, Gap over at at um, Walmart. Um, and so, and then it just occurred to me yesterday that both sides are being played. That the Chinese don't really care, so they have, you know, they have Target selling their Chinese goods to snobby white Republican women like not like me, but I'm using myself as an example, rather than, you know, Walmart, who caters to a different, a whole different, like, um, I would say, just, I, I don't even know. But, so they have two different political slants. They might have two political slants that are slightly different, but they don't care because they're catering to their customer and they don't really, it's not like, like China is standing on some ideology, you know, the like true ideology, they don't care. Um, they just want to sell their Chinese goods. So I got this, this idea that it's sort of like that with our politics. So, so our politics are kind of similar in the sense that we, you know, they don't, it's not really that the powers that be really care. They don't, you know, they're neither 
they may be even apolitical. They don't care. So they just want to give, you know, these lowly citizens of the United States, you know, just give them a couple of choices. Um, we'll give them a couple of choices and everybody has to fall in line and you're either this or you're that. And it doesn't really matter. We're just, we'll have politicians on either side and we'll just sort of cater to all of them and we'll have this wonderful soap opera that they all just really love to watch. You know, and as we're, as we're carrying on here in this political arena, we're all, we're basically going to roll out all these things behind their back. They're going to roll out, they're going to do stuff behind their back and and we're not really paying that much attention purposefully. You know, and so I got to thinking about just all the ways that this kind of rings true. I'm like, my God, I started to think about all kinds of stuff. Like, um, I had a home birth. I have three children. I had two children traditionally in a hospital with a whole hell of a lot of in interventions. And, you know, my child, my children were both vaccinated before they left the hospital. God knows what they put in them. Um, and, you know, thinking about all the crap they put in a woman's body um, before <laughs> a child is born. I was, I was like, I was considering that just. So I work, I work, work right now for like, sort of for a government agency, a little bit for a government agency. And one of the things that comes up sometimes is children, babies who are born drug addicted, suppose, like drug, like they have drugs in their system. And it sort of depends on what drug is in their system. But anyway, so the, the, and now, um, sometimes the child is born with marijuana in their system. And I'm just, I was sitting there and I'm just going through this whole dialogue in my own head about that, 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 so this whole crew is going to come into this person's life and they're going to have to participate in all of these services when this person actually has a medical marijuana card. And I'm sitting here and I'm actually like thinking, is this even legal? Is it even legal to that this woman doesn't have a choice? Bam, your baby was born, you know, with marijuana in her system. And I, to be quite honest, I don't know. But would we, would we do the same if it was nicotine? Would we embark, you know, come into some woman's life and impose services on her if it was nicotine? Uh, we might if it was alcohol, because, I mean, alcohol has, you know, all kinds of studies, fetal um, alcohol syndrome and all kinds of implications. It says right on the bottle. Um, anyway, these are just things that I think about. Um and then I started to think about all of the interventions that medical and chemical interventions that go into a woman's body when she has a baby 
at the hospital, including like antibiotics, um, Demerol. Uh, I mean, it's just like this whole long line of, of different chemicals that a woman is, you know, they go into her body when she's having a baby. But anyway, um, anyway, so getting back to the home birth thing. So then you have this baby and they, they really, really, really frown on home birth. I mean, when I said that I was going to have a home birth, I got to tell you, I just was, I mean, they, I was just reamed by my my family, my community. I mean, it's like, you just can't do that. You just don't do that. You don't have a home birth. And I, I was just, I, I, and I didn't really realize that even at the time, but like you could actually have a baby and not have any record of it in, in the United States. You could have a baby and have no record of that baby in the United States. And the government does not want that. So they want to make sure that your child has, you know, the proper social security number so that they can track them their, their entire life with this number. And so every job we get, we, we have to, you know, put in our, our information and, and then we are being tracked. We're being tracked every dime that we make unless we're paid in cash and that doesn't happen very often. So we're being tracked with every dime that we, then I was sitting there, I was thinking about how they're trying to get rid of paper money and go go solely to like credit cards and like banks and then the government being able to track us through all of these and then the our money, the Federal Reserve not having anything to actual do with our government. Like somehow we've just been completely duped. We're like being completely duped by all of this. And in the meantime, you know, we're just, you know, we go through our life. It's like, you know, and this whole scam of, you know, education, like, I mean, I, I really, really, really appreciate education. I'm so glad that to have had the opportunity to learn to read and write and do, you know, math to the extent that I have actually learned how to do it. But I mean, and now I appreciate it even more, but the way that they have it set up is that if you don't get a college education, you're not going to be able to support yourself. But I'm here to tell you, I, I, it has not, this is, I, I actually did your quintessential dream. I mean, I, I did all the right things and I haven't even broken $45,000 a year, you know, and I'm 20 years into a career, you know, so I'm sitting there going, they're just full of crap. Just, just, it's all a scam. I mean, literally all a scam. And I think that I've, that I've sort of known this to one degree or another, or been just really not paying attention 
but it just sort of came really, um, really blazing, um, the at me yesterday when I was just thinking about it. But here's another, here's another little piece of this puzzle or just piece of what has come to me. So I work in a system and have for a very long time. Um, but right now I'm working in a system that is incredibly binary in its own. Um, and it's very punitive. And, and so, and when I'm seeing this side of like recovery, if you want to talk about recovery and people who opt to medicate themselves, which I totally understand. I totally understand the, um, the desire to take a pill to feel better. I totally get that. Um, and so, and so, so people oftentimes, in order to deal with their life, and what's happening, you know, we'll turn to things like, and it doesn't, it isn't always, um, alcohol pills, you know, sex, it can be shopping, it can be gaming, all kinds of ways to occupy their time. Uh, and, and, you know, this stuff is really pushed on us. I mean, maybe not necessarily like drugs per se, but um, all the, a lot of this stuff is really pushed on us. Um, and, and, and then you have your legal and then your illegal. I mean, it's legal to take, you know, it's legal to take a Percocet if it's, if it's prescribed to you. It's not legal to take it if you buy it and you didn't get a prescription from a doctor. So if your if your doctor gives it to you, that's not a crime. But if you take it, if you just go buy it on the street, that's a crime. They can put you in jail for that. You can't do that. Why? And it's like we think that it's we think that it's for the um somehow for the greater good, but it has nothing to do with that. I think it's more so because the the whole system is based on on keeping the pharmacies te- companies happy and their shareholders and their CEOs and making lots of money. And then you've got your prison system. So I don't know if a lot of people know, but prisons have gone for profit. And so, so you got this whole system that is based on people screwing up, getting out of line. They're getting out of line and they're screwing up and this whole system based on incarceration, that includes basically slave labor. And so we have to keep a certain amount of our population uh, incarcerated. So... (laughs) And so, okay, and then I just want to go even, so, 
what I'm starting to see is because I work with families. So what I'm starting to see is like, like this whole like system of control of children. If, if they're not controlled, like through the schools, they're actually controlled by their parents. So basically we have these young people who have lost, completely lost control of their life. They, they've lost, they have no control over anything in their life. They, um, they're, uh, so, so basically what I hear a lot is, you know, that I, like, I'm just going to give an example, you know, that the parents are saying that when they come home from school, they have to do their homework and do their chores, and then they can do other things, like go visit their friends. But they absolutely have to come home and do their their homework first and then their chores. And they've had this long term, this has been since kindergarten, and these children are in high school now. So for, you know, what, you know, 15 years now of their life, they have been required to, when they got home from school, to do their homework. And, and then when they don't do this, then they get in trouble and their parent takes their cell phone. Just the parent, you know, the parent is the, you know, basically turned into the warden. And this is how we like actually raise responsible responsible teenagers and then I and then I suggested recently that I've never taken my children's cell phones in their entire life I've never my my household was not based on punishment I didn't know this at the time until I'm just sitting there looking back and it's like it's like all based on everything on our behavior and us being in line. Like, it's like Christmas, you know, if you don't, if you don't, um, if you're not good, you will not get Christmas gifts. So you better be good. In Christianity, if you're not good, you're going to go to hell. You know, so you better be good. You better fall in line. If you don't fall in line, you're a witch. You're 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 Satan. You're you're. You better go get. You know the implication. You better go get an exorcism. <laughs> so the whole the whole system is based is is based on this bogus, ridiculous. Everybody just fall in line system. And and it's just so weird to me, like how, you know, how when we're in it, it's like we just don't even know. We just don't even realize we're just sort of living our life and, you know, whatever, you know. Um, and also keeping, you know, myself sort of keeping this pulse on what's going on in our country, sort of, I don't really want to put my head in the sand, but I'm also... I'm, I'm, 
so I haven't really known what to do with that. Like if I'm adding to it by calling attention to it, because right now there's a lot of really like kind of in, in a way frightening things going on in, in the world, but like in the United States. And, and I've talked, you know, probably ad nauseum about food. I'm going to talk about it again because I think that it is supremely important. That, I mean, for years I've just sat there and wondered, like, how do you feed all of these people? And what we're feeding them is just junk. You've got your, like, okay, let's just talk about Walmart. Because so many people buy their groceries there. I don't buy my groceries at Walmart. I mean, every once in a while I might get desperate. But most of the time I do not. Let's just talk about the salmon. But you can get your salmon so cheaply there. Yeah, you can go buy your salmon at at Walmart. And that salmon is farm-raised. It's like farmed. These, these salmon are like... These aren't these aren't fish that are in free living free in a river and going upstream one time a year. <laughs> it's like you got you think you're thinking, you know, you're getting this really Montana salmon. No, you're getting salmon that is like been raised in its own excrement, crammed into cages. And and, and and people act like there is no nothing to this, but there is that that is not going to have the new same nutritional value as the Montana salmon that was in in a river and swam upstream <laughs> and so and so. We're fed all of this crappy food. And then you have Monsanto, who I've heard that Biden has some guy from Monsanto. Biden has put him in for our food. It's like, oh, my God. And he probably did that because Monsanto probably helped him get elected just like he did Barack Obama. You know, Trump doesn't really care about food. In fact, I have heard rumors, and I don't know if they're true or not, that he actually really enjoys McDonald's. McDonald's is, I mean, it's pretty obvious when you look at Trump that he's not in the best of shape. You know, he probably does not eat very well, is my guess. You know, and then Ivanka Trump had really had the audacity to ask the American people to just buy organic and I'm t- I'm here to tell you when when you're just trying to make ends meet, and you can buy buy four cartons of raspberries for four dollars, or you can buy one for four dollars that's organic. What are you gonna do? And so every single day, your average American is having to take chances with their health with everything that they we have to be super careful so I'm hearing now about the farmland and I have heard this rumor I don't know if it's true or not that Bill Gates owns like a whole bunch of the farmland in the United States and so and Bill Gates doesn't it seems you know I had 
at one point I had done a podcast on him, but it seems at this point that this guy doesn't really care about humanity. And that is just the truth. He doesn't. And so Bill Gates owning our farmland is a really bad thing in my mind. And so I've been talking for, for quite a while about farmers markets and our communities being actually being based around the farm. So, I mean, I'm a vegetarian, but I don't push vegetarianism on other people, but I'm here to tell you that if you're going to eat a cow, you're better to eat a cow that has been raised on a local farm. I have this guy on my TikTok um, account who just, he's just like a really amazing farmer and he, he, you know, really talks more about the dairy aspect, but he actually bought a, a building close to his farm to start selling beef. And like, well, I'm, I, I, I say again, I, I'm not, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat, I don't eat chicken. I don't eat, I, I will eat, fish sparingly but I think it is the greatest thing that he can do for his his community is to have these cows that are really happy cows and and maybe they won't even know what hit them which I mean it is something has to be changed in order for us to get the nutrition for our bodies it's like so to say, which I, I kind of believe in this is kind of a preposterous thing for me to say, but I do think that you could say that you are killing spinach when you eat spinach. There's some people that say when you put spinach in a, in a blender, they start to scream. And, and, and then some people think that's preposterous, but I mean, so you can go really crazy with this. Like when you eat that nut or that apple that came from the tree, it it starts to, to die in your body. Like what the second you eat it, it starts to, to disintegrate and be integrated in our bodies. So we literally are what we eat, huh? And so and so that cow, that happy cow that doesn't even know what hit him is going to have a different nutritional value for a person's body. I see so many wonderful things on TikTok. Yesterday I'd seen this. <laughs> I'm laughing and it wasn't funny whatsoever, but this woman just I don't know how she got this guy to let go of this pig, but she did. And um she rescued these two female pigs and this male pig and I, I did, I wasn't able to see the, sometimes when I go and I watch a TikTok, I will go to that account and I'll be able to see what happened later. But in this case, I wasn't able to do that, but this pig was really sick. The pig was like so sick. And so she took that pig and she is going to take care of her, her, those, those pigs. The way an animal is treated changes everything. If you're going to talk about nutrition, you just 
the energy behind what we do, the energy behind what we say, and and the way that our system is set up, it's just, and I don't know, maybe I'm just going through, through this, this, um, this paradigm right now and really seeing things because we're going to, I mean, it was my understanding that came to me like two and almost three years ago. It's going on almost three years. Um, was that we were moving into a time on the planet where the consciousness was in a place where we could have a shift in all of this. It's like there's some people and there's some theories, and I'm going to get way esoteric here, but there's some theories that would say that that there are like aliens there are there are extraterrestrial beings who are are interacting that everything is so multidimensional and we haven't been able to see that because of our beliefs but things are shifting and there's this whole group of people that that are actually seeing this shift see, I already had my brain like shifted like almost three years ago. And so I, I have been able to like understand the idea of that time is not what we think it is and that all of these timelines can be happening consecutively. So like basically all the timelines that ever have been or ever will be are all just playing out. But we cannot see them because the circuitry in our brain, or it's also based on our beliefs. And then we have like this whole thing of, of entities that we cannot see that these entities that are all around us, like, you know, and these entities are all sort of in, in their own, um, how do I word this? Consciousness uh, state, conscious state. And I don't really want to say levels because then we get back into this one is better than the other, which goes to good and bad again. It goes back into that. However, I do believe that the outcome is different if you have an entity that is not based on love. And our, right now in the United States, the whole system appears to not be based on love. And so that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm seeing, you know, in my work and, and even in, in, in the recovery, the, the whole recovery system of recovery is based on good and bad. It, It is really, really a binary type of thing. And there is so much shame around addiction. And, and, and I just, it just sort of seems like it's not really the best system and that it would be better if it were based on love. On a person actually loving themselves enough to make different choices for themselves rather than being put in incarcerated and punished.
And, it ba- and it's all just based on that. Like you just think about children in their homes and in their schools, you know, it's like they're punished if they're bad and they're, you know, a lot of times not even praised when they're good. But it even shouldn't be on that. There are some schools of thought that would say to neither punish nor praise. Have to get into that. I'll have to do some noodling on that and I'll get into it. It's like in behaviorism, you would be praising the good. You know, you would be constantly positively reinforcing the good. But in this other paradigm, it would be that you are neither praising nor punishing. You just are. And it sort of rang true for me one day because I was realizing that still my dog is like, I think, five years old now and I still praise her for peeing outside. (laughs) Which I think is a really preposterous thing because dogs should pee outside. You know, and we make this, this big deal, you know, there's so much about our children that we cannot, we cannot, um, but anyway, so we got all this weird stuff going on, you know, including that supposedly, and I don't even know if this is true, but supposedly in our, this last, um, spending bill, they were supposed to disclose, and apparently they've already disclosed all of these records, about extraterrestrials and that they have these I mean there's all this talk like that there's this galactic federation and that Trump knows about that and that's why he started the space force (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) so there's a lot going on um, but I just really wanted to share that I, I'm probably going to be talking more on this because I think there is something to be said about just being good for goodness sake, being loving for loving's sake. And it really, really is a different way of being in the world. And it has just such a different outcome, even for the person who is loving, because it feels so much better to love. It feels so much better to love in yourself, to be a loving individual, to go through life in a loving way, to be soft-spoken, to be kind to all life forms. It's It's a completely different way of going through life than, you know, and in, in essence, we really don't know anybody else's point of view. It's really challenging. And we're all being duped. Sort of like recently, I've been getting this stuff on my Facebook, which is why I have actually gotten off Facebook in the past or just completely abandoned it. Because I have to tell you, it really bothers me. The information that is put out by family members, I'm just going to say it. And one of my family members had put out this thing recently about, you know, they keep doing this comparison to the Black Lives Matter riots to what happened at the Capitol last week. You know, and, and, 
And in all actuality, I, I would actually say that I don't really agree with writing in either case. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, much to a lot of people's, you know, and they would say that I'm a racist because I didn't join the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's not that I don't care about black people. I care about black people very much. And so, and so I, neither did I join the people who stormed the Capitol and were screaming to hang pens. So in both, both places, you know, but I'm sitting, are, are they equal? I mean, are they equal? Like, like, are there degrees of a crime? So are there degrees of rioting? Like, um, between like, say even a peaceful protest, because I have engaged in peaceful protest. But, but just to be fair, in the Black Lives Matter, they've done some really horrific things, I guess, over there in, in Portland, they've completely destroyed um, buildings. Do I think they should be doing that? Absolutely not. Were they running around saying, hang the mayor of, of Portland? Were, were they, I mean, I think they were doing some stuff to him actually, because I think he, you know, but anyway, I mean, is there degrees? I mean, cause this was, um, they were planning apparently to take out some members of Congress and kill them. And they did kill a police officer, a guy with a blue lives matter sign was one of them. Blue Lives Matter, except for when they're standing right in front of me so that I can commit more crimes. So let's just squelch this guy. And then on on this side, you know, the the you know, the people who are against the Capitol riots, you know, call them domestic terrorists. We want to put a really, really horrible, you know, label on them. So the Black Lives Lives Matter rioters, you know, were somehow, you know, noble. But these people are terrorists when they're doing what they believe to be is correct because they have been told by their president that this was a stolen election. They've been radicalized by the likes of Alex Jones and and Dennis Prager. They've been sitting listening to Dennis Prager all day long for twenty years, thirty years. Some of these are too young for that, but I'm just saying. Sitting there listening to talk radio and over and over and over again. I don't know if y'all have listened to those recently, but they get into some really preposterous things. You want to talk about hate speech, you listen to Alex Jones for a little bit. But then I wouldn't like necessarily get into um I wouldn't necessarily uh be censoring because I really believe that you can turn the channel. 
You don't have to listen to that. These people all had a choice. They had a choice to not listen to Fox News. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I'm going to be ending this podcast, but that's just a whole other joy that I'm learning about the news organizations. None of them are are left-leaning or right-leaning. They are all entertainment. And they they are not they the news company is not is not even saying that they're going to be putting out truth anymore. So there is no truth. So they're they're just putting out whatever so they have like I mean the same organization could be putting out Fox type information and NBC type information. They don't really care. The news organization only wants to make money. So they make money by by having ratings and people watching their their news, listening to their news. And meanwhile, we're just all eating it up, myself included. Although I will, I don't, I don't have TV, but I do know that when I try to listen to people who are outside of my information bubble, I have a really hard time. Anyway, I appreciate you listening. I will be back with more of this. (laughs) I hope this makes sense. I'll have to listen to it tomorrow to see. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, thanks for listening. And I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.